Okay, so shall we uh, start with your revamped balance sheet? I yeah. hear you've switched to numbers, Greg. I need to hear why. Yeah, well, this will this will be a bit of a preview for a later topic that we'll get into. But the reason I switched to numbers is because I got a new computer, and on it I don't have Excel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not be getting an Excel license. And the only reason I was using Excel is because I had a, a free student license of Excel that has just continued to work. So I just haven't had to convert. And so um, with the addition of this new computer, I had to move it over to numbers, which is actually really easy. You just right click, open in numbers, yeah. and you're done. It's excellent. Yeah, no, they, they seem to have done a really good job realizing that people will mainly be using Microsoft Office making it seamless yeah right right so well, that's, wait, so how come i'm just curious how come you don't use like google sheets because that's what i use and then i can update it on any computer do you only do it on one computer well that was what was happening till now but now i have two computers that i might be doing it on which they're synced with icloud so oh, i guess numbers does do that okay i see yeah and my excel document was synced with my phone through icloud too and i could open it on my phone oh. um i don't know why i don't use google sheets i just something about putting that on the internet just i mean i know i'm putting it on the internet <laughs> when it's That's, through yeah. iCloud so no, I, I get that i would say my balance sheet is my lowest priority private item but yeah I understand. yeah yeah so there's really in the i guess the real reason is i and i know they're not that different but i was once upon a time very proficient with excel and my skills have degraded but i'm still quite proficient like I know okay. all the shortcuts and how to bounce around, and I know it's really similar in all the pro, all the spreadsheet style programs. But oh, I don't I even know if it is trained on Excel. Yeah, no, that's actually I'm pretty sure it sheets, is. So that's part of my loyal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah. Anyways, I changed over to numbers. It, there was basically no difference there so far. I guess we'll see as the months go by if I end up complaining about something. Um, but the real thing I did when I revamped it was. Um, just reformatted everything, broke things into, up in, into subsections and put more coloring into it, more color highlighting for subsection totals. And it just looks a lot nicer and it's a lot more enjoyable to, yeah. uh, you know, input input the, the uh, end of month values in there. So I'm uh, look, really looking forward to uh, the end of March so I can, you know, record another month in my yeah. revamp sheet. Wait, so you do it at the end of every month? Is that the cadence? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I try to time it as closely as I can to the month's end, but sometimes it's like a few days into the next month. I try. I put as of whatever. So, I mean, I'm more meticulous than I really need to be. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's interesting. I uh, I have not updated mine in years, but maybe you should take a serious look at it at some point. Although, I'm yeah, I'm mostly pretty okay with it. Last time we talked about me doing this project where I was – plotting my finances over time it still works but i have not made any progress it is not all running in the cloud which was the dream uh, right but maybe sometime i'll get there yeah. i've had other things in my plate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't made any progress at all in like automating reports or anything like that either so you're not the only one but i did revamp the balance sheet in a really easy way it took me i don't even know 30 minutes or something i just took the time to be like you know rather than having one whole group of liabilities like, let's break this into some subsections that make sense. Current liabilities, long-term oh. liabilities, same thing with assets, stuff like oh, that. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
just so I can see yeah. what do I have liquid, what do I have in long term. What did you do with the color formatting? Uh, just at the end of different subsections, it's this just a highlighted row. So I can immediately mm. see, okay, this is the subsection for current, long term, so on. And then the very bottom is um, like a total net worth row. It's highlighted. So nothing fancy. There's no like conditional formatting or anything like that going on. At least not yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Well, cool. That's good. Yep. Um, all right. So my, my item of follow-up is my theme might have to go. And I don't have another one tabled. So we talked a little bit about it last time. Um, but I have not really been super diligent about... In fact, let me be clear. I have not been at all mindful of my theme, really. I have not carefully tracked my mood or things I'm doing to change my mood, but in general have just felt great this year. Um, so happy 2021 to me, but I don't really know why. <laughs> and given that I'm not putting much effort into it, it seems silly for that to be the theme. I don't think the fact that it's my theme is contributing to this result. Mm. Uh, so I should probably have a different theme. And I expect I'll be thinking about that a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Um, it's three months into the well, two months into the year. But it seems it seems bad to just give up on the themes already. I don't think it's bad. It's good to fail fast. That's true. I did fail fast. Maybe. Well, I did originally say this was going to be a seasonal theme. You and did. I am almost three months into the year in that sense. So I right. guess theme is over. Success. <laughs> um, you did it. But I don't know. Well, I mean, one thing I've thought a little bit about is I have a lot of um, basically like side hustle stuff going on right now. Like a lot of uh, classes. That's one thing that's really kept me busy. A lot of classes I'm teaching. And so I might make this the year of like, or the season of like, uh, I don't even know what a good word would be. I need to do some some ideating. But something around like, you know, this is a good time of my life to put in a lot of effort into work, both like actual work and outside of work work. Mm -hmm. um, do some like investment in future career stuff right now. So I'll give that some consideration. Um, but that might be top of my list just based on what my current priorities are. Although mm -hmm. a theme is probably supposed to affect your current priorities, so I shouldn't go in the wrong direction. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I'll commend you for, you know, realizing, okay, this seems not working. Uh, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. It might. It, it's hard not to feel, I guess, guilty for or like you're giving up when you when you retire a theme sooner than you would have expected. But I think overall it's a good thing because uh, you'd rather not, right, don't fall for the sunk cost fallacy. Don't think yes. just because I picked this as my theme and I kind of started down this path that you need to to make it work. If it's not working, it's not working. Yeah. Um, but so I'll be interested to hear as you collect your thoughts what, what you're thinking. I, my... My when I first read this, I thought, oh, maybe you're pivoting to to health, um, physical health, <laughs> or some other type of health. Because I know that you were saying that. Uh, yeah, that that's the struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which I would have said, you know, I I would have thought, you know, that's great too. So, but uh, uh, we'll you see. Know. I'm gonna really try not to repeat last year's theme because that's that's what it was. Um, I don't know. I think increasingly i'm realizing that uh maintaining certain basic aspects of routines seem to be affecting my mood and my health and it's like if i can just stick to those within reason that should be sufficient mm -hmm. and i'd like to be able to focus on other things outside of those uh but i don't know for sure if i can right right okay 
Yep. So I'm sure I will be back with more updates the next time we talk. I look forward. I look forward to it. Okay. All right. Well, that uh, that closes out our follow-up, I think. So why don't we get back to our roots and talk about Todoist? Okay. It's been, it has been too long since we really spent way too much time talking about productivity apps. Um, so I, I made a note here on our notes. Todoist Kanban boards are kind of useless. I, do you have any do you have any initial reactions feelings how does that statement make you feel greg <laughs> yeah you know me i'm really into the feels that's, that's <laughs> something i've always asked myself how am i feeling about this <laughs> um my reaction was yes <laughs> to put it simply is i really like the idea of boards at first so it's kind of funny that i'm now yeah you were the, begging for them you were yeah, the number one requester i really was so i don't know what that tells you about consumers or people <laughs> giving you their opinion on if you're a software developer probably don't listen to them <laughs> is is the lesson there um but yeah i really wanted them and i still think they could be useful but the things that i put into todoist just don't jive well with the kanban board format um they're mostly one-off type things where I'm not moving a bo- uh, ticket across into different uh, streams of work. And instead, it's simply, is this done? And it's basically a yes or no question. If it's done, it gets uh, checked off and it's out. And if it isn't done, right, it's going to stay there. So I guess that's where I'm at with it. I did use them for a while. And I think part of it, too, is if Todoist was my primary place of tracking work work, so to speak, then it, I would find more use for it, but I just, that's just not my reality. And so the boards just aren't useful for the types of tasks I'm putting into to do list. What, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Oh, I've got, I've got all the thoughts. <laughs> so where to begin? Um, I just pulled up my to do list. So I don't, I mean, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but it doesn't describe my issues with it. It's it's not just that I don't have items that make sense in board view. I have some, not a lot. I don't really think in Kanban boards, I've discovered. Like, to me, the thing is not done or it's done and there's no in between. Even with work work, it's like, mm-hmm. is it done or is it not done? Um, but I've tried to use them for other things where it's like, okay, well, I can I can describe this as a progression of like, uh, you know, have, have I planned this thing and then have I done the thing and then have I reviewed the thing? And that's like a, a Kanban board style advancement. So for people who aren't familiar with Kanban boards, it's just the idea of multiple columns and you have an, originally, I think a sticky note and a sticky note for each task, but they would all start in the to-do column. And then as you started them, you would put the ones you were doing in the doing column. And then as you finish them, you would put them in the done column one at a time, or maybe there's like a in review column between those two. Um, but Todoist is just dumb this way. I don't, it's, it's not just about the fact that I don't have the tasks. It's like Todoist is a, is a task app. And so every task has a dot next to it to finish, to say you finished mm-hmm. the task. Yeah. Which is wrong in a Kanban board. You're right about Like that. you can't finish something in the to-do column. You can only advance it. And so the, the Todoist version of this is just... It's, it's basically just allowing you to physically rearrange all the same kind of task items that exist in non-Kanban boards, right. which is not a Kanban board. It's just 
post-it notes on your fridge. Like it's not, it's just not right. Um, and so I, that part has driven me crazy. It's like, well, why do I even have the check mark here? Like this, this metaphor is not right. It just feels like a, a <laughs> new layout rather than something that actually shows me different information or works differently. There's no difference in functionality. And I, it's a bit frustrating because I remember when Todoist hyped up their new foundations update. It's like, oh, we've totally redone the back end of the stack. So now we can support whole new ways of storing tasks and managing projects. And it's like, well, this was the only thing that really needed a, a like very different backend representation of how a task works. And it isn't good. It doesn't make any sense. It's just the same as before. Um, so yeah, I've got, I've got some grievances. Um, additionally, for some reason, my, I, I have not isolated it to only this type of an issue, but projects that are sub projects of something else that are also Kanban boards do not show up on mobile for me. So three of my projects have disappeared and are unavailable on mobile. And those are the three I have the Kanban boards in and also the three that I'm like working in a lot right now. I mean, I'm probably going to get rid of the Kanban boards because they're useless, but, and then maybe that'll fix it. Um, but yeah, I got, I got some gripes to doist. Admittedly, I pay you very little and you hold up my entire life. So, <laughs> you know, can't, can't complain too much, but here I am. Yeah. I think you're right to call out the oddity of the check off the check but off button still being present on the tickets when you're in board view. I noticed that as well and it always felt a little funny to yeah. move the ticket into the done column and then click. Yeah, and then <laughs> the click actual the button. it's absurd. Yeah, so why is there a done column? Yeah. Right. Um so that's fair. I was able to kind of just push that to the side. And, you know, it's not ideal. They should they should drop that when you move into board view. But um, I'm willing to just sort of forgive that, I guess. Um, so that doesn't bug me as much. What I think about Kanban boards in general is that they're not really for me in terms of the way that I think about work. I guess I do think about it. I think about the, the the logical flow of my work of planning, doing, reviewing, and then it's complete. However, I don't need a Kanban board uh, format to for me to be effective in working through that flow. Mm-hmm. What I, I agree. What I find the Kanban board is useful for, and when I was trying to say like my work work doesn't fit on Todoist in that way is that it's great for collaboration because Mm. it's good that others who you are working with can look at the board and know where you are at in the flow. And often that review stage is incorporating someone else's time. So it's good to have that column and you can change assignment or somehow denote who is actually reviewing the work in the review column. And so I've kind of come to this place where I'm like, the Kanban boards aren't for me in helping me get through the work. It's helping the t- a team, a, a group of people who are collaborating together on work. And I don't do that in Todoist very yeah. much. So it sort of defeats the purpose. Yep, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's part of why even at work I don't love Kanban boards because I think that I just bristle at anybody trying to track. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I just will always hate it. Um, so, 
yeah, I I just am not attached to Kanban boards, even though I want to be. The one place where I really had a good use for them, I don't know if you recall this, but months ago I put together this, um, like, how am I spending my time Kanban board just about my life in Trello. And I had, I haven't opened it recently, but I should go back and update it, where it was like, what are some tasks that I could be spending time on? And then what are the tasks that are taking up some of my time and what are taking up a lot of my time? So I had like, my job is a task that takes up a lot of my time. Health and fitness takes up a lot of my time. Uh, reading this book takes up some of my time. Doing this project takes up some of my time. And keeping an idea of like my my time portfolio with Kanban board was great. But I'm not even sure that is a Kanban board per se. It kind of works as one, but it's not, it's not like the original intention. So I may just not be a Kanban guy. Yeah, yeah, because I think you need the the idea of the Kanban is the flow. If the tickets aren't yeah. flowing, then you know there's something wrong in the system. But your yeah. tickets are, in that example, are pretty much static. You might have every so well, often. they move in and out. Actually, sometimes they get moved backwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, more like I just I was going to say, every so often you might, yeah, it's a category really. Yeah, and going backwards in a Kanban board would be yeah not great that's the wrong. <laughs> when you when so. you said tickets i think i shuddered i was like ah that's part of what i don't think about condom boards tickets, tickets. yeah or Anything stories tickets. <laughs> i think stories I, is like repugnant for obvious absurdity reasons but <laughs> tickets is just like a drudgery like oh tickets we have to work on i don't know nobody who <laughs> who doesn't work in software development will really get that but i do feel like tickets are just like ah oh, tickets yeah, I mean, you have to use them, though. I'm kind of a... They're sort of like a necessary evil. Oh, like, no one man. likes filling out their tat tickets and commenting in the tickets, but if you're going to... They are very useful uh, as repositories of information that everybody can see and understand what's going on. I don't know. It's It's interesting. I had, like, a long talk with a friend recently about, like... The fact that companies are fundamentally run in an extremely conservative way, like, uh, you know, you don't want to take big risks. Your incentives as a as a manager and I and really as like a CEO are not to rock the boat too much because it's easy to get fired if you take a big risk and really shake things up. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's a lot riskier if you make big changes. They might work, but they might fail, and then you're really in trouble. It's like, you'll get credit if they work, sure. But nobody, um, what's that old saying? Nobody ever got fired for buying IBM mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or for paying for Oracle. Um, so, you know, th- the reason I say that is because how might you run an organization totally differently? Like, most of these things haven't been tried. Like, Amazon had the thing where every division had their own profit and loss. Um like though, and and then they actually made deals with each other, where it was like, let's buy things from this other division, and they'll record. Like we'll pay full price, they'll record the profits from that, and so it's a way of checking that every division actually runs independently. And I do think if you tried to break to like make a company more modular like that, you may actually not need so much ticketing. And I say company, but any kind of organization. I'm not sure that this this like hierarchical cascade of tickets up to higher levels of meta tickets really is like the necessary evil i think Mm. it's an evil i'm just not sure it's necessary (laughs) fair enough yeah i have a hard time imagining what it would look like otherwise but that isn't to say certainly nobody has come up with something that has worked very well Um, right even our current that did but even the current systems i mean right 
everybody has complaints about tickets and combine board styles and um you know even the most even the most practiced um project organization methodologies aren't great so it's just a hard problem but they're Getting all people kind to of coordinate same, together right? is challenging but like all the, I feel like all the project management frameworks are are marginal shifts of the same idea. It's like let's set our goals a little differently or track in like a tiny different way. But they're not like total shakeups of how how you communicate and divide into teams. Mm-hmm. I'm optimistic. I hold out hope that there is there is yet a different way. Like one thing, one idea that uh, I I have taken from somebody I work with, an old boss is what if you had like an organization where they had um you had like the salespeople and their job was interfacing with external clients and then the the people the developers or the data scientists who are internal um are totally independent like they basically only make money on on uh well i need to step back they have like a base salary but it's fairly low and most of their money comes from the salespeople bidding on their services so the salespeople put a bid in to say, like, for this project, I would be willing to pay up to, I don't know, $10,000 or something if you can do this. And then the uh, technical people can either, like, accept that bid as a team or they can accept it individually if they want to get the whole thing. And ideally, the salespeople wouldn't even need to put a number on it. It would be more like a, um, what's it what's it called, an RFP, Request for Proposal. And then different uh, internal tech people would put in bids to say, right. like, we could do it for 9000 We could do it for 10000 And then the salesperson also has the incentive to choose the lowest bid because they get whatever the difference is between what the client pays and what the internal people do it for. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, that's just an example. I don't know if that would work. But it is so ridiculously different than anything else that I've ever seen done. It's like, who knows? <laughs> but we never do totally crazy stuff like that. Mm, no, that's a good point. That it would—it's very unlikely to ever occur because there's this high risk. I mean, yeah. it would, it's hard. It's not hard to understand the mechanics that are at play, but it is hard to picture what that looks like in reality within a business yeah. because you're creating a real sharp division between two sides of this business, and that isn't to say it can't work. But often, uh, businesses are looking for collaboration yes. and not necessarily like it's so not adversarial isn't the right description but there is some kind of tension because the sales team right is going to want low bids for the yeah, work in some sense it's zero sum the sum mm-hmm. isn't zero it's like x sum but yeah it has to be divided across two but it gets a little more complicated than that because if you can crank out work more quickly you can get more client payment and stuff Right. I mean, it's just a market. It's just a market. It is. It is. You're, and you know, markets work. <laughs> yeah, you do like wonder I... something like that. I'm not. I'm not like married to that particular idea. I just think it's an example of the fact that, like, I don't know that I would have ever thought of it, but it is so radically different than what we have. It's like, well, what else are we just not imagining that yeah. might work? I mean, there are organizations that employ this structure, though it's not a single entity not a single company but i think it's uh upwork something along those lines is the company where there are a lot of data scientists on the platform and others you know with skills and companies put out um descriptions of what they want and they request they request proposals 
and data scientists will bid on it. They'll outline what their project plan will be and how much it will cost. And then the, the poster can choose from everyone who bids on the project. So, you know, I guess maybe talking to the companies who've participated in that and saying, did this work well for you? Was the work of high quality? And as a first step of understanding perhaps how this might work. It would be interesting, but I don't think it's fundamentally the same idea because in that, that's truly just a market. It's just freelance data science work, right? You know, but it's not. So if, if you have this other structure where there is one company that does this all internally, you mm-hmm. get the benefits of shared resources. You know, you have like a, uh, an admin team that manages your cloud infrastructure and stuff. Like a lot of these benefits accrue to larger companies that individuals don't have. And you would get some of those benefits. And you would also have the salesperson being on your side when working with the client to like outline what is exactly the, what are the technical definitions of this project and things like that, that you don't get when you have just a random client asking you for something. I think it has other reasons it might be better. I don't think it's all that different. And I do think if you take it to its logical conclusions, the infrastructure team is going to have to charge whoever's performing the work. So can't, you can't just have a free lunch there. Otherwise, I'll bid in a way that doesn't actually make sense. For... You would want to, yeah, you would want to also have to pass along profits to like an infrastructure team. But my my thinking is a lot of those things are better at scale. Like it's just easier to have one team that manages that for hundreds of people. The cost would be way lower. Yeah, no, that makes sense. As well, I said, not married to that idea, but hopefully one day we right, escape Right, right. I think it's an interesting one, but it does introduce the possibility of, of radically different structures of yeah. organizations. So, okay. So to do us, to do us, there you go. And that is that. Why don't we tackle our other, um, meta work project or meta work topic, the weekly reviews. So I tossed in here last time, this note that weekly reviews are, becoming a challenge and even now i think it's been three weeks since our last one of these maybe a little more i have only done one review in that time so it hasn't been great and i i have been thinking a little bit about how much to commit to doing weekly reviews like should i just be more willing to let them go when i miss them but Mm -hmm. i feel fundamentally that i'm like letting myself down when i do that um so i don't know what's been your experience have you been able to stick with them no, no, not at all. <laughs> I'm atrocious. I want to do weekly reviews and then I just don't. And then I feel yes. disorganized and my life feels like chaos. And I'm always like, why didn't you do your weekly review? Yep. You probably would have caught some of this stuff. I mean, on the whole, my life's fine. It's not like falling apart. But I want to be a person that does weekly reviews and at different points in time, I have been able to do them more consistently, but I have not been able to since, I don't know, it's probably been over a year at this point since I've done them seriously. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just flying blind, I guess. Part of it is I feel like I haven't, I didn't collect my thoughts on this, so you'll have to bear with me, but. Oh, that's Okay. Part of it is I'm just not so married to certain parts of the getting things done structure, I guess. And I still try to force myself into that format and it never, it just ends up rubbing me the wrong way, I guess. Uh, But what aspects of it manifest themselves in the weekly review? 
part of it, or I, I guess my biggest complaint is when I go into my weekly review, I mean, again, I haven't done one in a long time, but in my mind, what I want to do is record or think about certain parts of my week, and that's what I'm actually interested in. But the getting things done methodology has a whole bunch of extra stuff you need to do if you're being quote-unquote responsible. Like, I need to go through all my emails, and i got to clean up all this my paper documents. And oh, so you do this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, wow. That's I, what I, I mean. That's what you're all. supposed okay. to do. And then so... <laughs> As I go into the review, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do any of this. And so that I like hate the thought of actually doing it. So there's like part of it is I do want to do the review for a very small subset of what I would cover. And I don't want to do the rest. And I feel obliged to do the rest. And that is a huge drag. And it caused me to not want to do the reviews. That makes a lot of sense. I, I have also been finding that the parts that I don't want to do stop me from doing all of it, which is a problem. But mm-hmm. the parts I don't want to do are exactly the opposite. I don't like the sitting down and answering questions about how the week went. It just takes me too long to write. I have to think too much. I feel like I have to think too much is the wrong word. There's lots of things I like thinking about, but it's just a little bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. It's like meditate on the same three things. How did this go? And I find it's very repetitive. And I'm starting to think a little bit more about like, is this actually effective am i getting anything out of this because i know in myself i have a tendency to over track things with no real plan of how i'm going to use that tracked information Mm -hmm. um on the other hand i love crushing emails nothing nothing delights me more than cleaning out the inbox and i would say that i i do that most nights it's like the inbox has to get down to fewer than four emails most of the time and uh yeah, well, it's just, um, you know, sometimes you're just lucky to have, like, a thing. Like, your brain is broken in a certain way. <laughs> and I just, you know, it's it's like a sugar addiction. I just love not having stuff. It's like the fewer emails, the fewer tasks on the list. I love checking things off and being done with them. Yeah. Um, so that part has gone well. But the, yeah, and I check my, like, thoughts notes. So I keep just random thoughts I shelve away during the week. And then I review them at the weekly review. That stuff I love. It's just the doing the review. Yeah, yeah. My problem with the email is that I enjoy having an, a fairly clean inbox, but it just piles up so fast that it's really challenging to keep up with. So then it just becomes this huge pile that I'm like, I know that the vast majority of the stuff in here is not useful or relevant and I can just get rid of it. But the thought of sitting down for... 30 minutes to go through of everything and because i'll let it i'll let my email build up to like 100 before <sighs> i'm like okay i gotta oh, do something about this stressing <laughs> yeah i know and it's but it, it ends it's faster than i it's so fast it's ridiculous it's like getting it faster does, yeah. all the time too it's <laughs> do you mean work or personal email both i mean my personal email i barely touch there's like one that i keep clean and everything else just is like thousands of emails that i'll never ever go through <laughs> greg i'm disappointed in you <laughs> I'm not good at email. That's putting it kind wow. My work I'm, email has started to get really out of hand. Like I think I think I'm probably up to like a hundred emails a day. It's just out of like unbelievable how hard it is to keep up with. I feel like yes. there's the only way to handle it is to do it at the end of the day because I just have to wait for all of the emails to flow in. But right. my personal email is pretty manageable. Yeah, my personal one, the one that I care about. So I have like a, I don't even know, probably half a dozen emails at this point, <laughs> maybe even more. And most of them I don't pay any attention to at all. I have like a newsletter email 
and I have my actual personal email that I care about. And I'll keep those fairly clean, or I try. And But my work, I want to keep that clean as well. I don't think I'm at 100 emails yet, but I'm... I mean, some days I'm probably well over it. It's crazy. I feel like I'll clean it, and then two days later, it's like over 100 again. I'm like, I don't... Yep. I can't... And I used to be really good at every day at, you know, 15 minutes before I'm ending my work day, I would go through all my emails. And for some reason, I stopped doing that. But as we talk, I'm like, that's probably the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I'm realizing that I need that 15-minute block, and maybe it's more like 20 minutes now because there's so many more emails, to go through and, and read everything that's come across and clean it all up. Yeah. I'm just bad at email. I'm so bad at email. I I do feel that, but I I guess I have been kind of lucky. I also, if I see an email come in, I'm like, this email has to go right now. Like if the if the alert pops up while I'm doing something else, it's like to the email to the trash immediately, mm. or like to the email to the folder. I see. Would um, I don't know if that's really sustainable, and it's probably not great. Like if I'm really in deep work, I think I don't do that, but most of the time I am not. So I try to keep myself from context switching like that. Yeah. I find that I to be very bad for my my productivity, and it's easy for me. I like don't let it notify me. I don't let my work email pop oh, up wow. and say. I'll let my calendar events notify me because I don't want to miss those. But I don't let it my email bug me that new emails are if they're if they're arriving. I'm gonna and it's telling me that more and more are showing up. It's gonna create anxiety. <laughs> and that is true. It does. It does. I know. <laughs> so I just can't. I just can't. And. Email such a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should come back to email in future follow-up. Yeah, then. we should. Because we've sort of really gone down. Like, why I don't like weekly reviews is because they involve yes. email. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I, much Right it. now, I'm a little stressed out by my personal email because I'm up to about 10 messages. And the reason is... Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is... Oh, what well, a life okay. you lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you. It's usually at, at like zero to two, but um, so I'm getting my Herman Miller chair fixed. Okay, and I have engaged with Herman Miller, and they asked me to pay for them to come because my incredibly old Herman Miller chair, which is mostly in perfect condition, they are going to charge me for because it's beyond warranty, which seems reasonable. Uh, it's 19 years old and um so i i'm just keeping track of that email chain because it's like there's no obvious thing to do with this until they finish the work like i right. guess i could archive it but i put everything in folders everything goes in folders nothing just floats and it's like what folder does this go in until it's been fixed and then i'm getting ta applications for a workshop i'm teaching and they just go straight to me by email and it's like oh i don't want to just shelve these away and lose them like i guess these eight emails need to stay in my inbox mm. and i keep opening my email and i'm like oh no all these <laughs> resumes this is supposed to be empty i think the real thing that kills me is if i have to scroll when i look at my email on my phone it's like oh this is bad how many emails are in here if i can't even see them all on the screen oh man if you saw my email you might pass out (laughs) yeah and one thing i guess i should mention is these are different accounts these are all my email accounts together all six of the accounts in one (laughs) inbox wow i mean that's really something you know i'm actually doing i have a similar thing 
but like I just don't I just don't care like you do. I just ordered something. <laughs> I just I just don't. I just let it I just let it be bad. Um <laughs> I ordered something that I don't want to say what it is yet cuz I want to save it for another episode. Go but ahead. I ordered something and I really care about when it gets here, so I've been very interested to see the email updates and they so they sent me Did an email. Did you get when the placed... Pro Display XDR, Greg? No, no. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not that cool. Um, but it is pretty cool. So, well, you'll see. You'll see. Um, but anyways, I just let the email sit in my inbox, and I'm just like, okay. Like, I see it, and I see that I read that one, so I know they have not, you know, sent a new update about oh. the shipping. And it just stays there, and it's just going to stay there. I actually like that it's there because I can see it. If I'm opening my email app, it's because I want to know where this where this is where this product is. <laughs> it, does it say in the email like in live updates? It's just saying like it'll get taught. It doesn't always do this, but sometimes it will not live update, but the next email from them will be tied to that email. So basically, I'll not I will I won't see the email in my primary inbox that I have read already. It's going to get replaced with. Yeah, but then you would just see the new email anyway. Right. And I'm like, oh, like I'll see it. And I'm like, okay, it's time to look. This doesn't make any sense, Ethan. I'm not saying this this makes (laughs) any sense. This is just the way my brain works. I'm like, okay, like look, update. And I look at it and I'm like, okay. I read the update and I'm like, okay, no update. And so then every time I open my email later, if that is gray, I'm like, oh, there's been no update. There's no update yet for me on my package. I know this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, also but the absence of the update might alert you to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. I can't. I can't argue with this. We have our own systems, you know. I mean, my <laughs> system is non-existent. There's no system. <laughs> it it's just chaos. <laughs> it's legitimate chaos. The emails they just come in and it's a mess. So I used to be way. Well, you know, this is the theme of this podcast. I am just in some ways counterproductively overorganized on certain things like this. Like I not only have a folder called online orders for every email account, which I put the online orders into in the past, I had subfolders for every vendor from which I ordered and I would create new ones when I ordered from a new vendor and, th- and I would shelve them all in the appropriate vendor. And then eventually I was like, what am I gaining from having <laughs> like these in different places? I used to have one for every utility company I had ever paid. It was like, wow. good, I'll be able to someday go back and look at just the bills to Cincinnati Bell. Great. <laughs> so helpful. Uh, so I, I've abandoned that. But Yeah. You know, on that note, I'm actually in the process of doing something kind of, kind of semi-related. Interested to hear your thoughts on this. So I just read a kind of, you know, horrifying uh, Reddit thread on the personal finance subreddit. And it's somebody who is getting audited for like years ago tax returns. And the auditors want to see all their bank statements and all their credit card statements from years ago so that they, and this person owns a business, so that they can prove they spent the money the way they said they spent it on their taxes. And they did not have their uh, bank statements stored. And they went to their financial institution and said, I need bank statements from, I don't remember the year, but years ago, call it 2015. And they said it's going to be like five bucks a statement to pull these. <laughs> and yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> and... Uh, all you know they were like 
I don't know, they worked out a deal or something with them, but it was going to be like thousands of dollars to pull all the statements that they were going to need. Uh, cause they, you know, it was just cr- ridiculous. And so their advice was like, start storing your bank statements, like download and store them just so that this, if you do get audited, you have all the information available and you don't have to even worry about contacting them. And I was like, this is a really good idea. Like, this is actually like, it seemed it's tedious, but I can see the benefit it's, and should I be audited, I will have all the documents I need. So I was preparing to go through all my financial institutions and download all the available bank statements. And I kind of ran into some issues that I'm debating how I want to solve them. I don't like the way the file names come across. That's the problem. And reformatting them by hand is super tedious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I'm thinking I'm going to write a program to do that for me. Um, But anyways, that is something where there does seem to be benefit. And I'm curious what your thoughts are. I, this just fits into like a a way of thinking. I think people who know me will not be surprised by that sounds like a horrible use of time in the one in the one in thousand chance that I get audited and I have to pay thousands of dollars for that <laughs> I will say happily Fair I'm enough. so glad I did not manually download I all thought you statements. might do I thought you might say that <laughs> yeah. I thought you might say it's just a, but but somehow it makes sense to organize all of your emails in <laughs> yeah, folders know, and right. subfolders hypocrisy <laughs> total hypocrisy yeah yeah there well i do sort of draw a distinction in like extremely tedious tasks that i would hate and things that i slightly enjoy it's like okay the the organization of the emails it's like it's very soothing you know (laughs) i just it's nice but the no i'm not doing that i'm not going into my bank statements that i i have often thought about getting audited and like saving every tax document it's like if i look at the possible cost of whatever i'll have to pay if i just can't produce statements in an audit i don't know how it I don't know how it works, but if they're like, you need to pay us way more taxes because you can't prove anything. I'll be like, it was so worth it to save all that storage space and organizational problems of storing mm. all my old statements. I, the money is yours. <laughs> Take it all. <laughs> You're going to become a target. I'm like, this guy never keeps any statements. He's easy. Uh, he's an easy target. We'll say <laughs> he owes us whatever and he's just happy to pay. I do wonder no, though, like surely nobody has that. Like nobody keeps their. I mean, I nobody. keep old W twos, baby. But like nobody has all the random detail stuff. Like you, you, there is certainly something that happens if you just don't have the statements. Right. Well, it's probably not good. It's. I'm guessing what the how, thing is. How much do you charge? It's like <laughs> Gray said this on a recent podcast. He was like, sometimes I just look at things. Sometimes I just look at fines as the cost of doing something. He's yes. Like, what is a yes. parking ticket? But the cost of parking wherever you want. Wherever you want to do it. Yeah. Well, you might get points on your license eventually. And... Yeah. Of course, there are other things too. But I was like, yeah, no, that's astute. It's not. You know, it's not the wrong way to think about it. But if you had an organization system set up. When you're closing out your month, as we both do financially, what's an extra couple clicks to download the PDF and put it in the storage file, like in the file structure? Well, I just think there would be so many. I mean, I would have probably there are, five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are quite a few, but One I have to I- visit all these sites anyways. I'm already on the site to clo- to fill out my balance sheet. 
I have uh, to go. Oh, I don't. Okay, I don't go. To, I go on my phone because it's actually faster. That's mm. perhaps part of the difference. One thing I'll say though is, um, some some rare points in favor of my extreme organization system is I have email folders for every year of taxes, and I move every email that gives me a tax statement to the appropriate folder. So if I want to go back and see all the documents I used to complete by 2019 taxes, those would be very easy to get. Mm. Now, more granular levels, no, I would not have. Right. And I think that's what they're going to want in audit. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I've never been audited, so I don't know. But I mean, here's a here's an alternative take. Even if you value your time minimally, I think <laughs> just just thinking about the amount of time something would take the, the better solution would be just find a bank that can produce statements for you. Pretty much no bank does this, though, is what really? it seems like. After a certain point, I don't know what the time is. Call it five years. After five years, the banks do not have to keep your records, and they can charge you for pulling records older than that. They don't I have to, keep like your, they don't have to make your shopping. records accessible. That's the right way to keep it, Yeah. to say it. They don't have to make the records accessible, easily accessible to you on the internet. It strikes me as hard to believe that nobody has that, though, that you couldn't find one. Maybe that's true. But I mean, if this is a common issue, if it's so infrequent that this is the only person who's ever had it, then I don't even, you know. I don't matter. think, I doubt they're the only person, but it is going to be infrequent. The likelihood of getting audited is really low. So, I don't know. Whereas, I suppose your mild enjoyment of your email organization is similar to my mild enjoyment of my yeah. <laughs> financial organization. <laughs> yep. And There's I think just that's something nice to be like, it. I have all the documents. Like I have them all. Like I have all know, of them. If the all I, of the I have documents. them all. Exactly. And if the IRS calls, they'll get a zip file and it will contain every document. <laughs> I they possibly cannot need. wait until the IRS calls. <laughs> I have been waiting for years for this. It's insurance. It's Someday insurance. you're going to get audited and, <laughs> and your wife is going to be like, why are you so excited? And you're like, I love getting audited. And it's, they're going to go, well, do you have form X83? <laughs> Oh no! I don't know what you're. I don't know what F four X eighty three is. Oh no! And the fist, the no, system will have You're gonna failed be the and... fastest to submit your documents in the history of the IRS. <laughs> Maybe you should just preemptively send them all over right now. Just be like, in case, just in case you were thinking about auditing me this year, please do. Here they yep. are. Here I have them. Yeah. No, I really don't want to be audited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Why don't you choose our next topic? So I want to tell you about Apple Fitness Plus. Excellent, excellent. So I did. I'm in the process. I'm in the middle of the one month free trial that you can get, and there have been some pros and some cons. So the pros are that there are a real, there's a real good variety of different workout types and different trainers. So that's great. Um, you're getting a lot of variety there for I think is what is a reasonable price um, overall. And as I've, I've done, I've, I've done two workouts now and I've previewed a few more, um, as I'm thinking about what I want to do next. And, um, there's, like I said, a lot, a wide variety of the different exercises that you might do, the different formats. So they have cycling, they have rowing, they have hit, um, upper body, lower body yoga. They got a, they got a whole bunch of stuff, cycling and, it's all seems pretty good, like of high quality. And I also enjoyed as I'm working out, seeing the information on the screen. I didn't think I would, 
that didn't strike me as something I would care that much about, but it's nice to see how much time, like how far am I into the workout? What's my current heart rate? How many calories have I burned? That's interesting. I like seeing it. It's, it's nice. So, um, those are all the nice things I have to say (laughs) about it. And I have a lot more to say on the cons, um, for sure. The first was that I went to go do a workout and it took me over 20 minutes to get my watch to sync correctly (laughs) with my iPad. The first time I wanted to do this workout, I'm like pulling up Apple community threads and Reddit posts because my iPad just would not sync to my phone or to my similar experience. Watch what fixed it for you. Do you know? Uh, what did I do? I restarted the watch and I restarted the iPad and I think that might have, I can't remember. There was something else I had to do. There was some other deep setting thing that I had to change. And once I did that and I reset everything, it, it finally worked. So I can't remember. Do you remember what you did? I think, I think restarted stuff. <clears throat> I may have had, I, because it was pretty early for me when I was doing it. It may have been that actually I hadn't updated my iPad to the newest operating system and it came out in a in a point release mm. support for the iPad. I forget, honestly, because then I also had to help set it up on my parents' phones and iPad. And I so they had similar issues, except theirs were even worse because their phones weren't updated. So I, I fought through a lot of issues. But I, I know what you're talking about. Getting it started was really annoying. Yeah, so far it's worked since, but... I haven't used it that many times, so. Um, it is funny because that's like the pitch. Everything's seamless with Apple. Right. And, and it's, admittedly, it has been since, but the beginning was not. No, it was really bad. It was really bad. And maybe this leads into why my biggest complaint is what it is, and that's that Fitness Plus is not available on Mac. And I was surprised I, to see this in the show notes, that this bothers you. It, I find it deeply frustrating that it is not available on okay, Mac. Okay, Why? So, because it is not available on Mac, and another complaint of mine is that you cannot AirPlay to a non-Apple TV device within Fitness. So, I can do it with others, other apps, but I can't with the Fitness Plus. And I have a Roku TV that has AirPlay, but it doesn't work with Fitness Plus for some reason. So, the largest screen I have to to observe these workouts is my 10-inch iPad. And that's ridiculous. I have thousands of dollars worth of Apple computers. And I could easily hook into the HDMI cable of my television if they would just put it on Mac. I'm I'm (laughs) actually, this is almost, this is probably a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would subscribe after these first two workouts. I feel confident saying that if it was on Mac, I would subscribe. To this wow, that's so interesting. So you like it more than I do, but also are more, much more annoyed by this one thing than me. That's very, mm, okay. Yeah, it just feels so Apple to me. And I said to you in the text thread, I'm like, this feels like an abusive relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we have this working on the Apple TV, which is, I would assume, the least popular Apple device that they offer is the Apple Surely. TV. And so... The only way to get these workouts on your television, which is where you would naturally want these workouts to be played, is on your large television, is only accessible if you buy a $200 Apple device and hook it into your TV. So I will say 
I, I'm skimming through Mac rumors. But I thought that I had read they were launching AirPlay for it. Because that is a... Uh, that would help help the situation. Yes, certainly. it would. It would. Um, but I agree. It's it's insane. It's like why why is this not true? <laughs> Especially because you can run arbitrary iPad apps on Macs now. Well, at least on I'm, new ones. Yes. But, um, Apple yeah, Fitness Plus it... gaming, gaining AirPlay two support in iOS fourteen point five. So I have good news for you, Greg. Fourteen point five, I think, see... is coming out later this month. It has all the good stuff. Okay, we'll see if it's it works. A... Yeah. Well, well that's true. Who knows. But 14.5 yeah. not only solves the, the biggest problem in your life right now, it also solves the biggest problem in so many people's life lives, which is um, the mask issue. Have you seen this? No. Oh, I'm so it's, it's going to uh, incorporate a new feature to Face ID, which is that if it detects you're wearing a mask, it will see if you're wearing your Apple Watch. And if you've set it up, it will automatically unlock anyway. I don't know if it even oh. checks if you're wearing a mask. Is that how it works? I think it just automatically unlocks your phone if you have your watch on, if you have the setting. Which is the, the gamest <laughs> of changers. It's yeah. like unbelievable. That will be so good. It will be so good in so many situations. It's like you can have it unlocked by the time you pull it out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am so excited. Yeah. It seems like a good update. Um, but in terms of the mask problem, it's like... Right, as this might not be much of a problem anymore. But thanks That's anyways. True. It's a bit late. But thanks anyways. But it'll still be nice, yeah. It also is the one that removes um, the unique identifier, the name of which I cannot recall. So everybody's losing their minds over that. Right, right. That's the one update I was aware of. Mm-hmm. And IDFA. Yeah. I assume I'll enable it uh, to not track me, I guess, yes, is, is the me answer. probably as well. So there's hope, Greg. There's hope. Yeah, if they put the AirPlay in and it works well, then I'll likely subscribe because I find the workouts to be pretty enjoyable and they just fit. I like the time increments that they have. I like the variety that they offer. So I think the service as a whole is pretty strong, but the fact that it doesn't, and this will lead into our next topic, I think, if you're cool with it, which is that I got an M1 MacBook Air. Yes, I was was amazed. (laughs) <laughs> this MacBook Air that I have beside me has Apple Silicon in it. I've already downloaded other iOS apps to it. Why? Why <laughs> yes. can I not use Fitness Plus on this MacBook Air? There's no reason. That is a true puzzler. So it's it feels to me that Apple's play here really is to try to get people to buy Apple TVs. Well, not if they're enabling not AirPlay. Not if they though. enable AirPlay, but I'm I'm betting it it works like crap okay we'll see we'll We'll see see. (laughs) i i think that in general i would definitely believe that but apple's recent actions with airplay do not make me think that's the case yeah like so this probably happened to you as well my roku tv did not support airplay until about two months ago and then it just happened one day and i was going to buy an apple tv because i wanted to be able to do screen mirroring and airplay and then my tv got it for free Mm -hmm. and i was the game had changed so yeah I uh, I don't know. It's, that actually doesn't really fit with their recent actions. It doesn't feel like it's true AirPlay to me. It's like a lot glitchier than I see the way it works with Apple TV. Maybe that's just my television. Oh, really? That's, yeah, it's just not very... It's inconsistent. You'll say, go, you know, cast this via AirPlay, and it doesn't work. The TV just does nothing, and the phone says, yes, I'm doing it. 
and you're really, I actually have not had issues. That's surprising. I've had issues. I've had a bunch of issues, and then I can't. And tell me if you can. I cannot use AirPlay from my Mac to my Roku. Hmm. I can. I've done it. Yeah. Hmm. I can't. I think maybe perhaps I just haven't too old of a Roku. I don't know. I mean, it has the AirPlay on. It's just really inconsistent. That's odd. Yeah, because I, I mean, my TV's pretty old. I got it in 2016 or 2017. That's me too, yeah. It's right around the same time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, just the fact that it doesn't work reliably on all devices is not good. Um, but yeah, I have not had issues. Actually, I it has been so great. I was really surprised with that day that it happened when I was mm. looking at Apple TVs online, not wanting to buy one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's rumors that there's going to be a new version of the Apple TV in 2021. I won't be buying it. You won't be. no purpose anymore. It was only for a screen sharing. (laughs) I might do it just because my TV doesn't work well with Yeah, that's true. That might be a good reason. So, I don't know. But regardless of the AirPlay or not AirPlay, there should still be be on your Mac, period. People travel with their laptops, and they might want to, you know hook into the hotel's television which doesn't have airplay on it or you just don't want to mess with the airplay and you just want to use hdmi cable it makes no sense apple i would be surprised if it's not there in six months it seems so easy such an easy ad i have a friend who's not a technical friend but i still think had a very (laughs) uh you know just sums it up in one line it's like you built this application on a mac apple you built fitness plus on a mac (laughs) Yep. How I mean, that's true work? of all their apps, to be fair. Right, but yeah, right. it is frustrating. It's, it's like all the other apps now do run on that Mac. Yeah. And it's I know that it's more complicated than that. But to a layperson, you know, that seems like reason enough. You're like, I, you built it on that. You built it on I a mean, Mac. Yeah. I don't understand why it wouldn't work on a Mac. So anyways. And most incredibly. I mean, I, I hear this machine is powerful enough to play Among Us. So how yeah. could it not support Fitness Plus? <laughs> I don't understand it either. I can... State of the art technology. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we can get into the, the M1 MacBook Air. So, I'll give you the reason why we bought it. We I wasn't, I was on the fence about purchasing this computer until we had an accident. We had a spillage, and it, and it affected the Not Mac. more water damage, Greg. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it affected the MacBook, the MacBook. So, my MacBook Pro is fine. It's just we, have a, we had a MacBook from 2016, and it affected the charging the the USB-C port and it was very intermittent um like I tried to treat it immediately and I used can air and I didn't think it was all that bad and that night it worked fine I plugged it in it like made the noise and charged like started charging the computer I was like okay I think maybe like I saved this but then the next day it wasn't working right oh no yeah and it was like just not charging consistently sometimes it would sometimes it wouldn't and so that was all the reason I needed to be like, all right, this is done. Yeah. Time to get to the MacBook in perfect, you know, perfect timing. I can get the M1 MacBook Air. So that's why I picked it up. And I can only give you my initial impressions because I've only had it for like two days. But I one of those days I didn't even really mess with the computer at all. So basically a day. And the first thing I'll say is the keyboard is incredible. It is fantastic. Yeah. It is so much better than the um keyboard before it the one that i have on the macbook pro so do you know if the keyboard is different than the remodeled macbook pro keyboard i don't think it is yeah i think the 16 inch was the first one to to bring back this style of keyboard 
my work computer is the 16 inch and it's a nice keyboard, mm-hmm. but it's total heresy. I have found, I think I prefer the original, the one everyone hates. Oh, wow. The, I, I sometimes switch to the original and I'm like, ooh, oh, this is nice. <laughs> this is what fooled people into putting it in, in, the ma- <laughs> in the laptops in the first place. So yeah. what is it about it? Why, what Do you like that the keys are shallow? Um, it just, uh, I guess that's it. I'm not sure. It's just, it's just very clean. It's just very clean. Just like, and now I think that there's definitely like mechanical problems. Like it is more prone to damage. There's, it's pretty clear evidence about that, but yeah, there's just something pleasant about like, oh, <laughs> you know, it, it makes that super, super clean sound. Um, yeah, it's grown on me. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't mm. dislike the new one either. It, it has its own merits. I really um, like the new one. I really like the new one. I can tell you when I first got the new one, I also loved it. So I, I understand. The first few days, I was like, ah, oh, this keyboard. So Yeah, nice. it's great. And then some other things to note. The screen looks great. It's excellent. It has Touch ID, which is awesome. I love that it doesn't have a touch bar. It has the physical keys at the top, at yeah. the top row, which is awesome. And I haven't had any issues yet. And again, right, initial impressions. But as far as I can tell in reviews and stuff, too, most people saying no issues with Intel apps. I've installed a few, and when you open them the first time, it lags a bit. You can see something's happening in the back around, like, the app's just bouncing and bouncing. It'll bounce longer than you would think, but eventually it'll come through. And then after that initial sort of setup period, the first time you've opened the app, it's really quick every other time. That's what I've heard, yeah. So... Um, I don't know what's happening there, but, you know, Rosetta 2 is working its magic. I was able to install Steam uh, and, you know, start downloading Steam games and stuff like that. I haven't tested them, like, rigorously, so I'm curious. That was more of, like, I want to test this. I want to see, does playing, like, Civ on the MacBook Air, is that a possibility? So, okay, so the Among Us thing that you have in the notes, are you actually able to play Among Us? I am. It's the iOS app version oh that's why that's why Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense yeah so the most important thing is that if you get an m1 macbook air play among us you can play among us on a mac because you can download the ios app and it's It's free it's free other other than the 1600 hundred dollar computer it's free (laughs) it's free (laughs) exactly so um yeah i do that sounds great i'm very excited for you yeah, it's going to be a great computer. This thing's going to last. It's, it feels so solidly built. Um, you know, barring any catastrophes with the M1 chip, which I don't expect there to be any, I think that this computer could last a decade easy. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's so powerful already. It's crazy. And I'm dying for the 16-inch the to come out. Yeah, I think that's going to be a game changer. I think it's going to be a game changer. I mean, this. I mean, Intel needs, is definitely on notice at this point. Yeah. This is such a good chip. It's crazy. The battery life is insane. I haven't even charged I know, it since I says. I haven't charged it since I've got it from the store and I'm at 44%. Is it what you're using right now? No. I wanted to, but the, and that leads into the next complaint is that you can only drive one monitor. Oh yeah. Hmm. And like I knew it was a thing, but I'm more annoyed that fact that I'm sitting at my desk and I can't drive both monitors. And I know, I know this computer can drive both monitors easy. I don't know if it can, Greg. I don't know. It can. Know. I've seen tests. I've seen tests. People of have what? driven, people have figured out ways to basically ha- like 
get around the single monitor by like hooking into a dock and then hooking that dock to multiple monitors. Oh, really? Okay. I thought yeah. it was an issue with uh, port bandwidth, but maybe not. <laughs> I saw a, um, you know, a test somebody was doing where they were driving five monitors off the one MacBook, wow. and it all looked like it was running fine. Well, I, I hope that they update it then. Yeah, we'll and see. perhaps those monitors were running at a ro- low resolution yeah. or something. And that's, you know, if that's the case, like I have these monitors can only do 1920, uh, 1080p, right? So, wow. how many windows can you get on that? Like a third of a window? It's sad. 1920 <laughs> by 1080. <laughs> yeah, we don't rock 4K here. It's just, it's out of my price range. <laughs> well, because that's what it says online. It's like, you can drive one monitor up to 4K. I'm like, you know, you and like the 10 other people that have 4K monitors. I mean, mm. they're just, I'm just not we, there yet. We are few, but we are opinionated. <laughs> yeah. So if you can drive one 4K monitor, you can surely drive two 1080p monitors. I mean, yeah, you certainly can, right? There's a, yeah, a 4K four is, times, is four, four times. times. The, right. Yeah. So why can't you drive two 1080ps? Or no four. Reason. That's a good question. No, maybe you're right. And so I'm hoping that Apple will push an update to be like, okay, you know, I hope they're not artificially restraining it to be like, it's not a pro model. So yeah, that would be really dumb. And that's believable. believable. So believable. Although I don't know, they do really seem to want to make this computer look amazing. So maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's pretty great. So it feels amazing and I'm super excited to continue to use it. I'm going to probably... I don't know. I don't know what the life of my MacBook Pro looks like after having this MacBook Air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, you'll probably outperform it. It would just be the size, right? Is your MacBook Pro a 15? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. That's what holds me back. I really, really did think seriously about the MacBook Air, but, you know, ti- tiny toy computers are non-negotiable. Will not, I would not negotiate with toy computers. <laughs> I actually like it. I like having both sizes. My... You know, if money was no yeah, uh, object, I'd, I'd get both. Because it's great to use this on the couch. And I know you can use the iPad. But sometimes, you know, for different types of stuff, I like having the I like having a computer experience with a trackpad and keyboard as I'm doing research versus an iPad. And uh, this is just the best for that. It's, it's great. Yeah, you can use that. it everywhere. It's great for travel. We'll be traveling with this computer, which for sure, which is awesome. No more lugging around this MacBook Pro. Is it that pounds. much different? You think it's that much easier to carry? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, really? I don't think the weight is a huge difference, though there is certainly a difference, but it's just so compact. It's so small. Greg is modeling the computer for me. I see. I see. I mean, it looks just like space gray. Yeah, space gray always for life. I do really like the the wedge-ish shape. That's one really cool thing about the air. It's so it's so lightweight. It's great. It's perfect. It's perfect for travel. It's perfect. Oh man, I'm dying dying for that 16 inch to come out. But it looks (laughs) like it's going to be Q3, which is still some time away. Will it have M1 in it? When when's the next generation of chip? Uh, oh, are you, oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I think okay. it's probably just a. I don't know. Yeah. I I was under the impression it was like they will have a beefier M1, but probably not bump the number. But I'm not sure anybody knows that for sure. Yeah, because I this one has can go up to eight cores CPU, eight core GPU. The MacBook Air model. I wonder if they'll push that number to twelve and twelve or something for a Pro. I think really because this has RAM. no fans in it. Yeah, which is crazy. 
I think really it's the RAM though that's going to be the difference because those ones it's all on chip RAM mm-hmm. and or on board RAM, and um, it was really limited, right? It was it only went up to sixteen, I think, or was yeah. it thirty two? You yeah. can, I think you can only get to sixteen default yeah. so at eight. So that's going to be the difference, I think. Yeah, so I, I look forward to that. But um, it looks like there might be an Apple event on my birthday, March 23rd. So I'm very excited. And it sounds like they might release uh, OLED iPads that day. This is all oh. still very, very rumory. Um, but would I buy another iPad? Probably. probably. They probably <laughs> would get me. <laughs> what was rumored so far is just them updating the 12.9. And I was like, perfect, because I only use large iPads. So. <laughs> I don't know. That would that would really tempt me. I love my current iPad, but also I often think I would like another iPad. Okay. So we'll would you see. keep would you keep that your your current iPad? Yeah, I can see a lot of uses for two iPads. <laughs> okay. I said with a straight face. Briefly. <laughs> I can see a lot of uses for two iPads. <laughs> no, I it would be kind of silly to have two very large iPads because a lot of the uses I foresee are like a small and a large iPad. Mm-hmm. One is a reader. Um, but I don't know. I got to think about it, especially because I already have the pencil and the keyboard. It's like a lot of the investment I make around the iPad. I really only need one of those things. Um, so I don't know. I'll give it some more thought. But if they come out and they're really compelling, I might get one. If not, it would it would be a little silly, but um, tempting. I think really it's just I'm just dying to get the new computers and it's killing me that I have to wait. Right. right. My laptop is four and a half years old. This might be, I mean, other than like my college years, this is probably the longest I've gone on a generational update of any electronic that I've had. Actually, yeah, it is. Um, So, yeah, I'm just, come on, Apple. I just, I must have the new laptop. (laughs) It's going to be worth the wait, I think. And plus getting five years out of your laptop, that's excellent. That's excellent. It is. And it actually is still in great shape, I have to say. No, no complaints. It has been a fantastic computer, except for the disk space, and I have no one to blame but myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a mistake I try to avoid with this Air. I went up, not crazy. How much did you get? Five twelve. I think that's probably the move. I might go for a terabyte just to like super future proof because I know I'll feel like a real moron if I do this again. But I we'll thought see. about it. It crossed my mind. I was like, I know. Do I go for the terabyte and then? I, you know, as I did the last time and regretted it, I talked about it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I finally shelled out for some more cloud storage, as we discussed. I finally bought some Google Drive storage, and that will simplify some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one area for me. I guess the next area to upgrade would definitely be the iPads and then move the current iPad I have to a dedicated reader and then have the larger, better screen iPad for... So you have a, I guess. a 10.9 right now? Yeah, I think it's Gen 6. So it's two generations old at this point. Okay. And it doesn't have flat edges. Mm-mm, no, okay. it does not. Yeah. And then I was looking at the model lineup and I'm like, do I want the Air or do I want the Pro? Because the Air and the Base Pro are the same size. And then there's the Pro 12.9. And then it starts to get a little rich for me at that point it does i know yeah, it's hard to justify the purchase when i'm just watching youtube videos <laughs> i have to say though and i i think we've discussed this briefly but more and more of my life has slipped onto the 12.9 inch ipad mm-hmm. the magic keyboard just changed everything it's like now it is a laptop except that i can dismantle it when i'm sitting on the couch and it's not comfortable to have a keyboard um 
yeah, I use it all the time. And speaking of like the fun of organizing emails, <clears throat> that is a that is a 100% iPad activity. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's my problem. I haven't had the iPad experience. I do think there's something to that. It took me a long time. I heard other people talk about it. Um, but eventually it was just like, okay, every time an email comes in while I'm doing stuff on my iPad, flip to the email app, move it, go back. It's like while I'm reading, while I'm doing other stuff, and it just makes it a lot more manageable. And then sometimes when I have 10 minutes and I'm sitting around, it's like I'm not getting my computer. I'm not like doing computer things. I'm just here to knock out a couple really quick things and feel better later today because I have less to do. Um, the iPad makes it a lot more approachable, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. And I think for me, I really am just interested in that larger, better screen. It's so good. I, it sounds. <laughs> I wish they like made a, a 12.9 inch air. Yeah. Cause I, I do think a lot of people really are in it for the screen, not the pro. Right. Um, there's not a lot to the pro in that way. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at is I'm like, I don't, I have MacBook pro if I want to do pro stuff. And I'm not really sure I want to get all the accessories, honestly. It just yeah. in, continues to increase the purchase price to a point that, that is true. it's like, I don't know. They've finally been running some good sales on the keyboards, though. The keyboards are, I mean, they were so expensive in the first place, but they've been down to 250 from 350 a few times. Man, that's so pricey still. I know, it is. <laughs> I'm not saying will... it isn't worth it, because it does seem like a great keyboard. I'm just not sure it's for me. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I would throw out though is um, the quality of life improvement on podcast editing that the pro with the keyboard and the pencil is provided is huge. I mean, is it worth the total price of another good laptop? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <But> <laughs> um, it sure, sure is great. Um, right. Being right. able to edit on there. That's one thing that has crossed my mind too. It's like, I would like to use the Apple pencil and some iPad editing software but again, it's is it worth that price? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see when they release, if they do this refresh, um, what I'm thinking. Yeah. I wish the Airs got even a little cheaper. I know they are pretty cheap, but I've thought about picking up an Air as a reader only. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if the Airs did get cheaper, maybe I should buy a refurbished Air just as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. The Airs, to me, they felt reasonably priced but then when you start to i can't remember what i did to it i was playing around on the website yep. and i was like specking it out and at one point it got up to like 750 yep i had the same thing where i forget what i added it might have been disk space there's only a couple things you can add right but then at 750 i'm like man like it's getting this is getting the macbook air territory that's true that is true <laughs> macbook air is so reasonable it's so reasonable. It makes it hard to buy other things. Despite. Right. It's so, it is by far the best offering from Apple, I think, like in terms of computer. It's like the easiest thing to recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go, that's what it is. It's either 600 for 64 gigs, which is nothing, or you can jump to 256, which is also not that much. And that goes to 750. Man. Yeah. That just doesn't feel like a good deal. What is the pro start at? 128? I think that's one of the differentiations they made. I have, yeah, I have, do I have 512 or a terabyte? I like paid for a lot of disk space. I think a terabyte on my pro. It does suck paying Apple for storage too. I know. (laughs) You know, I've made peace with it, Greg. I'm just, I just know that future Ethan will regret it. And I don't, I don't mind anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to be dumb about it. I think this year I finally cracked down on myself of not buying stuff when I don't need it, but 
Sometimes even now I'm like, oh, you should have just bought it. You've been thinking about the air for three months. You should have just done it when it came out. <laughs> You've wasted three months of the, of the life cycle. I know. That's the thing. And it won't go down. That's the thing about Apple. It's yep. like, it doesn't really go down. It doesn't go down until mm-hmm. the next model comes out. Yeah, the, you, the Pro starts at 128 and goes up to a terabyte. Right. I don't know. The, the iPad lineup is like very cluttered. It's a very cluttered lineup. How so? There's just like a lot of different options with, but with they're different, but they're it's a a distinction without a difference, I guess. That's sort of how I feel about. Wait, it. Wait, interesting. I'm not sure I agree. I mean, the the iPad peasant is just useless, right? It's crazy okay. cheap, but yeah. a waste. But I mean, that's the one I own. <laughs> well, but that's because yours is four years old. Yeah, you yeah. know. But, but, no. but I, I mean, the current one, right? They keep updating it, driving down the price, and it is a good deal but it's an ipad from four years ago yeah but i think that's most it does it most of what every m- normal person wants at their ipad to do they just want to hand it to their kid or watch youtube videos on it and but then isn't it. that kind of like a good lineup in that way it's like that's i guess really what feels iPad. strange to me is the air alongside the two different sizes of the pro like it feels yeah. like they've the just handicapped the air in a way just to say like it's different like it starts at sixty four gigabytes of memory. It's like it could have started with one twenty eight. You could have simplified. That's it. a good point. Like, yeah. And they it has if you do a comparison like side by side of um I don't remember how to get to that screen. There's a screen on here when you you can compare two different on the Apple website two different models. There's basically no difference between the Air and the smaller of the Pros. Yeah. And. It just looks, I'm like, why? Why are you making this? Why are you doing this? I, yeah, I guess I mostly agree with that. I think for most people, it does not matter. And even for me, it doesn't matter. Um, But I think Apple claims that it matters on some really dumb stuff, like the LiDAR sensor and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, okay. Whatever. What is ProMotion? 120 hertz refresh rate. So that's the difference. You get a lit, you get liquid retina display on both, but ProMotion is on the iPad Pro. And then, but you know, I everybody I listen to on podcast claims they can totally tell the difference. Not a chance. I, <laughs> I just don't believe it. I can't tell the difference between my phone and my iPad at all in terms of refresh rate. That seems crazy to me. Maybe yeah. I'm just a blind fool, but I've never had a 120 hertz refresh rate, so I don't even know what it's like. Um, but I just heard MKBHD say that of of all the non one twenty hertz, because he says he can notice and it, and it can when he goes back it bothers him. But he says iPhones and iPads feel different because there are animations and movements within the OS that are that are at one twenty or very cl- like somehow mimic a one twenty. So he's saying really? like yeah, that's what his he claims like swiping around and opening things and moving between things is at a faster refresh rate than, and um, he claims this is like some kind of sort of makes things, it makes it a little bit better experience. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I heard him say. And they have different chips, right? This A12Z bionic chip versus the A14 bionic chip. Which one's better? 14 is greater than 12. I think that one was confusing. Yeah, I'm looking at this page as well. I think initially the Air beat the single-core benchmarks for the Pro, but 
and I'm, I never followed up on this, but I thought I'd heard people suspected the pro was going to crush it on multi-core performance. Okay. And then they both are compatible with the same accessories. Yep. All the same, all the same, more limited storage, uh, more limited camera but it's like to me those are the things that don't matter like right. i probably am a good candidate for the air it's like i don't care about a lot of that stuff yeah yeah actually I don't... Yeah, if i look through this i don't care about any of this although the <laughs> the max brightness on the ipad pro is phenomenal i sat outside on the beach last week and read on my ipad i had to put like i had to shade it a little bit but it was on the beach in the bright sun <laughs> i was like i have never owned a device so bright this is remarkable that i mean years nice. ago you couldn't even walk outside with your phone and see it i was like this is just technology's come so far mm-hmm. that does sound nice but then you're like is it worth whatever the difference is a few hundred bucks eh, yeah maybe yeah, that's uh, we, we again. We've had this conversation before, but I feel like we're often handicapped by the fact that devices are actually so underpriced overall that then, like paying two hundred dollars for storage, for example, feels like a lot because it's a high percentage of the product price. But it's like, what is the actual value of this product? Well, you know, much more than than we pay for it, mm-hmm. and two hundred dollars is not really that much in our life. It's like that's probably a really good deal, but it feels like a lot because the devices are kind of cheap. Actually, not kind of cheap; they're way too cheap um, compared to their actual value. I feel like I get in arguments with people about this all the time, but people just don't properly assess the value of items in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. The productivity gains that you get from owning a computer are massive massive it's just yeah i mean you would certainly be willing to spend much much more if it did cost more to get a computer yeah yeah so i try to to think of things that way where it's like ah yes i don't like paying an additional 10 percent just to get a marginal increase but it's like that marginal increase in the most important item in my life is worth a lot yeah i generally agree but i'm also kind of don't like I don't like paying. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel it's that. Hard. I, I resist yeah. it as well. That's just what I try to it's, tell myself, but don't always succeed. Yeah. It's some kind of behavioral thing of, of it feels wrong to pay a fifth of the pr- purchase price for increased storage. You hear when, us, Apple? Raise your base prices. It's clear. We're sending you a clear no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to lower the storage. You heard Greg. Prices. That's what he said. <laughs> I'm saying lower storage prices. I know it doesn't cost you that much. You're making a killing. I mean, it's those it's those fat margins. That is true. Oh, and they also know that there's a certain group of people who are me and are like, it's a bargain. Give yep. me the terabyte. Yeah, and there are a lot of people like you, businesses especially too. I mean, you just pay for the extra. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I made a mistake. Time will tell. <laughs> I, I do- think you'll be fine because cloud storage will be more feasible. Yeah, I do hate when my computer's yelling at me, which it was my MacBook Pro was last week. I had <laughs> that's why I was asking you some questions about stuff because I was trying to clean this thing up. I had less than ten gigs available. In my computer's <sighs> like, you need to do something right now about this. And I'm in a similar spot here. Backblaze yells at me every day. I know, I know, me too. I know. Okay, well, I think we have to end it here, despite us having some more topics that we'll have to get to those. I agree. Sixteen. I think that's for the best. This is a short episode for us. Well done, Greg. <laughs> yeah, we've been disciplined. <laughs>